Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Anna Pearson and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing why are governments so rubbish at things? So unusually, I would like to kick this one off because um, I came up with this topic. And the reason why I did was just recently I've been um, filling out my tax return um, and doing that online through um, the UK website Government Gateway, which I think is meant to be, as it kind of implies, anything you want to do online to do with government, do with stuff, sorting things out, especially taxes, boom, you go to Government Gateway. And... It's, it's just like, it looks like a website that was designed in 1995 and not, has not changed much since. And there's just links everywhere. And you click on one link and it leads you to another link and you go, well, I'll answer that one. Then it says, right, if you want to do that, you need to click here. So you click there and then you, you think, hold on, I was at this page like four pages back. I've just gone in a complete circle. And actually what was really annoying was I managed to fill out my return and was trying to pay it. And I just couldn't, I was just going round and round and round. It took me half an hour just to work out, you know, um, how to pay it. And so, you know, it's an overused word, but it was starting to feel a bit Kafkaesque that I was just going round and round and sort of just being led, you know, up the garden path, as it were. Um, and I was just, I was just going, kuh, kuh, government stuff. It's just awful. You know, it, it looks awful, this website. And it, it, you know, it works awfully as well. And so I was just feeling thoroughly grumpy about this and you know just confirmed all those sort of um, prejudices that we have, people have about how government's being a bit inefficient um there you go end of podcast governments are rubbish yes nick <laughs> well what do we mean well they can't desire a website for me to pay my taxes for a start yeah i mean so obviously this is something that has been discussed i think since governments have started um what should governments be doing? What should uh, we leave people to do themselves? Um, and, you know, really cuts to the heart of that question of what we have governments for um, and and what the justification is for having an entity which essentially, you know, compels you to give it money, which then spends money on stuff, a lot of which you don't see the need for or indeed use. Um, and I, I've so I've kind of looked at some of the arguments and and so just looking at the kind of and these are these are the sort of um th theoretical if you like arguments I've, I've separately i've looked at the, you know what empirical data we might have to work out whether this is true but the the arguments um about why governments are, are inefficient i mean the the probably in recent years the that that's been spearheaded by the Chicago School uh, of Economics, who are sort of very famously kind of libertarian, but also, um, you know, see all problems as, as you know, any, anything governments do because of a market failure would be better addressed by fixing the market rather than by making the government do something is, is mm. the argument. And I think the mm. best expression of it, you know, what why that is, um, is Milton Friedman's famous sort of thought experiment, which is, you know, if you if you have to buy something with your money you care about the quality and the cost if you have to buy somebody buy something for somebody else um you probably don't care about the quality but you do care about the cost if you've got somebody else's money to spend on stuff for you then you mm -hmm. care about the quality and you don't care about the cost but if you if you're buying somebody 
for something for somebody else and it's also not your money you don't care about cost or quality and he says that's what governments are essentially they're spending somebody else's money on stuff which isn't for them and so you know you shouldn't why would anyone expect you know no, no private company is in that position and no individual is in that position so why should you expect that to be um to to, to be uh you know to be uh, any different when it's a government doing that um I mean, the, the other sort of arguments about why we should expect governments to be bad at stuff is the, you know, the principal agent problem that you, uh, if you like, the government is a kind of agent operating on your behalf, but they have their own incentives, which aren't necessarily going to align to yours. A lot of that is political. Um, so, um, you know, the, the sort of not quite apart from the maybe the corrupt elements like the personal interests of of um of politicians the fact that they may seek to promote outcomes which will benefit them personally rather than the the population at large there's the problem that particularly in a democracy pe people are going to be chasing the marginal voter um you know the people the floating voters if you like they're the ones who wield a lot of power and policies are designed to capture them at the expense of um you know everyone who's in the on the wings of that distribution um there's a tendency towards you know a sort of bread and circuses approach to government where um you know certainly a lot of uh, you know the in the in the past less so now we've got an independent central bank but um in the past you know governments would would effectively um uh, try to engineer a boom before an election and uh, you know inevitably we'd have to pay for that with a with a recession afterwards um that politicians are only interested in you know the next electoral cycle so their policies are myopic and then you have all of these other slightly more specific issues like um you know gov governments um are are big uh generally the the government departments are big and have all the inefficiencies you get with large um you know in terms of overheads and communication failures and those kinds of things um and and then uh you know all slightly more technical things about you know is taxation an efficient way to pay for things well the problem is that you you know you can't really control where tax falls and you and you also um uh, you know you give people incentives to try and uh you're distorting the market by giving people incentives to both avoid tax but also you're you're making um you know you're reducing supply effectively um so there's a whole bunch of reasons why people think governments should be um should be worse at stuff um yeah well look, let's concentrate on that um for a moment i actually feel a bit bad actually just really slagging off of the government gateway um because actually it is a vast sprawling site that is not pretty i'll be in, i would be interested to know how it was designed and managed but i mean first of all um I'm actually pretty lucky that I'm able to pay taxes to do it all online and pay online. I think there's a lot of countries where you're not able to do that. And also, I was just thinking of any civil servants listening to this. I, I you know, I don't want to. I don't want them to feel bad about things or, or feel bad about me. Um, I'm pretty sure that most civil servants, this is based on my own experience and my knowledge of civil servants today, dislike me anyway. Well, that's true. Uh, but they, but also they probably feel the same about the uh, computer systems they have to use. Yeah, 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 you know, and I and I think if you think about the, um, you know, a lot of the things we just talked about, these these sort of the, some of these those fundamental issues of mm. um, being essentially non-competitive. I mean, they they happen within government departments. If you're a you know if you're a civil servant working in the Ministry of Defence, you you can't just say, well, you know, what, I don't like Microsoft. I want to use uh, you know a different word processor. I want to use a different browser. You just can't do that. You know, oh. you've got a similar problem inside government departments um, of, uh, you know. Yeah.
So there we are. So um, here's a question. How how far back does this go? And have people always had this kind of view of governments? Have they always been suspicious of governments? Um, yes, I think historically, governments have always been seen in a good and bad light. And I think more recently, it's more the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, oh. In, I think in the Renaissance period and early 14th century, there was an Italian painter called uh, Ambrogio Lorenzetti, I believe. And he painted a series of fresco paintings called the, um, uh, called the Allegory of Good and Bad Government. And the fresco paintings depicted one bad government, which had a deterioration of society. The landscape was... Um, um, was dry. There was no crops. There was the city life included violence, famine, famine, and poverty. And there's actually a figure that's sort of depicted, sort of like a devil-like creature. And him and his crony, so to speak, represent fraud, um, anger, war, and tyranny. And I think that can and still remains to be quite true to today. Um, and then on the other side, you have this fresco painting that says what a good government should consist of. So that's, you know, cultivate, cultivation of good crops, um, a healthy and wealthy society. And um, the figure or the head of state is seen as a wise old man or a monarch-like figure. And he has other figures around him that represent hope, faith, strength, and peace. And there are a lot of sort of political scientists who have looked and theorists who have looked into this painting and have said these, uh, uh, sorry, have looked into these uh, fresco paintings and have sort of tried to uh, determine what these figures or what the roles of of these governments uh, could could be seen as. And that and that's that's actually seen in, in these paintings. So um, I guess in essence, it, it underlines the meaning and the purpose of government, that it's a, re a reliable and stable system uh, in which the society trusts it uh, to, to carry out its, its duty in protecting citizens in their ability to either have property and to, maintain, to sustain themselves is, is something that holds, holds true to today, I think. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because, um, you know, certainly in, uh, at least at that, that at that time and right up actually until probably 200 years ago or so we we governments were minimal you know they were what we would call a minimal government today um and they did exactly what you just described you know they 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 kept the peace by um you know through internal security and um and through the maintenance of armed forces and they enforced contracts and and that is actually pretty much what the uh, what the sort of libertarian um, manifesto for government is that the government shouldn't be, you know, mucking about with with you know welfare payments to people or you know with uh, providing healthcare or trying to regulate you know the the type of foam you're allowed to use in cushions and those kinds of things, it, you know, all of that stuff can be handled by the market. That's the that's the libertarian view. Now. Um, the in in you know in the medieval late medieval uh, uh, era really and probably dating back you could imagine you know th thousands of years um, governments were essentially a king or a king like figure um, or a, a bunch of oligarchs um, and not much else you know that the the organs of government were pretty small and and it's really 
only sort of with the rise of of um, the kind of technology that we have to to, to run a bureaucracy um, that governments have become big. And now, you know, we, we have a situation now where, you know, something like 40p in every pound is is spent by the government in the UK. That's that's enormous by comparison. Oh. I mean, you remember when they first brought in income tax during the Napoleonic era, I think it was a few percent or something. And people were, were, were outraged by that. Um, you know, we've moved to a situation governments are really big now. Governments do a lot. And um, and, you know, in a way, there's so there's there's more things to go wrong. Um, but it, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Potentially in the past, then I don't know if this is a simplistic question. Does that mean that they were better at what they did in the past? So, for example, if your job is to, I don't know, let's say, as you say, the key thing you said there was enforcing contracts, was government better at it? I, I, I don't know if it's a very good question. I think it's just a bit simplistic. But I mean, is I, it? I, I mean, I think in the example we're talking about running websites, let's say. Well, no, but let's no, let's run with that. Yeah. Take so Anna's you're... take Anna's pictures, right? Yeah. The hmm. the point is that economic, you know, I mean, if if, if we judge. The performance of governments by what's actually happened you know economic growth over the last couple of hundred years has been astronomical um you know it's 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 grown just vastly more as a percentage every year than it has had done in the previous you know throughout recorded history so these big governments may look inefficient at stuff but it compared to you know absolute rulers and these minimalist states of the medieval time um you know, it looks like they're pretty successful at delivering what we actually want, which is security and peace and a kind of level playing field. Anna? Um, absolutely. I, I agree with that. And I was just going to say that technology has facilitated that. It's enabled politicians to to disseminate their message uh, more openly, the use of social media in being able to connect to particularly younger uh, voters uh, to understand what their policy is about. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's difficult when you're dealing with big government departments who have a lot more responsibility as well uh, to be able to be transparent about how their department is functioning. Um, but I think with the use of technology, it is in somewhat way helpful, but albeit difficult. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, more widely, technology understood as a kind of the, the ability to do more with with the same amount of stuff. Uh, I know Stephen Pinker in The Better Angels of Our Nature essentially traces all developments, all kind of positive developments. And that's the reduction of death rates, the reduction of you know, violence, um, increase in uh, sort of societal openness and all of those trends that have been going on for the last few hundred years to the ability of the government to essentially enforce a kind of cooperative solution to the prisoner's dilemma, um, which is that, you know, in a sort of state of nature, people have no incentive really to cooperate with one another. Um, and and the the fundamental role of the government is to enforce that cooperation. It's to, it's, you know, so in other words, I've, I've got no incentive not to drop some litter. Um, and the result is everyone drops litter. You know, everyone picks the blackberries from the common land and grazes their sheep on it. And as a result, it's ruined. And the whole point of the government is to stop that kind of situation happening by introducing regulations and um, and, and enforcing, you know, a sort of fair outcome. Um, and uh, 
and his his view is that essentially, you know, the, all of the great progress uh, has been because because of the government's because of government's increasing technological ability to enforce that, you know, to get better at, um, at imposing peace. Um, so yeah, I think I think I think we can, what we can say is that the, is that governments have got bigger, but also in, have achieved their aim. But uh, but I think let's not forget though, unless you're particularly edgy. It's hard to say that, you know, well, Facebook hasn't committed any genocides yet, has it? I mean, not yet. Not no, yet. no. So as good as government is, let's not forget that all the bad things are also produced by governments as well. All the wars and genocides, um, you know, they're, they're all they're all uh, they're all things that you can only really do if you have a sizable armed forces um, mm. to do them with. So, so there's, you know, so anyway, I mean, I mean, I, I think that's, about to say something. Yeah, yeah. actually, I, I was just about to extend that. Um, yes. And actually that, that goes back also to the, to one of the painting of one of the fresco paintings, um, that the idea of justice, um, there's a very fine balance between how that's perceived by society. So if a, the, there could be a deterioration of trust between government and society, if, individuals believe that or groups believe that justice has justice hasn't been served and i think when it comes to government accountabilities we've seen in the united states that has been a very touchy touchy topic um particularly around a pre police brutality and sort of an, a, a, and a perception that that governments haven't been doing enough to to implement justice um in that sense yeah which is which is a quite a high level of sta a quite a high standard to hold the government to um you know by historical standards you know being 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 randomly oppressed by people was just what happened you know <laughs> a thousand years ago um yeah so i i i sort of i thought well at the moment we're being either very grand and long term or um a bit theoretical so i had a look at um can we can we actually tell if government is better than let's say the alternative, which is a kind of libertarian, um, you know, ecosystem of private companies, you know, so the libertarian solution to security, for example, would be you would hire your own private security firm and, um, you know, that there would be competing security firms and you would pick the one that was the best balance of quality and cost, etc. you know, as opposed to the government forcing you to pay for a centralized kind of security force, i.e. the police. Um, so who is better? private sector or the public sector and the, the answer is it is really hard to tell and one of the key reasons for that is they really very very rarely compete in the same market so you 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 know what you want is a situation where the government is offering something that's also provided by the the private sector uh, and the government is offer is is offering it at cost so not free like the nhs obviously you're going to take the free option most of the time um and um and and you see which one people go to. Well, that um, that never happens, mainly because the government really only provides goods in the case that there's a market failure of some kind, and so the, there's something going wrong with the provision of that good in the market. But so there's very few things you can look at. I I, I tried to have a look. I looked at um, health, for example. We've got a good kind of natural experiment in the UK versus the US. Um, I, it, as far as I can tell, the cost to the taxpayer of a heart, heart bypass in the US, uh, sorry, in the UK, is about £8,500. As far as I can tell, the cost to you, if you go and get one, 
in the US of a heart bypass is £55,000, more or less, right? So that is a huge difference in cost. But of course, heart bypasses are effectively rationed in the UK. So you're not getting the same good because you're going to have to wait and you'll get more or less what you're given and you'll go to the hospital that is near you. Um, in the US, you can choose, you know, and, and that the that extra money is going towards being able to choose a hospital you like, probably getting really first class treatment and um, being, um, you know, and and, uh, and having it done uh, quickly rather than having to wait for it. Um, it's also going to profit somewhere as well, though. That's another element of it, right? Fair yeah, but the, I mean, I mean, the idea is that, you know, I mean, in a perfect market, profits should be driven more or less to, to zero. Um, now, I'm not saying that's true. That's certainly not going to be true in any given market. Mm -hmm. But unless you're offering a kind of unique thing, um, price competition will drive that down. So that what you're so that if essentially that that price should cover the value of what the person is getting. Um, so so then there's I mean, I looked at there's a few other studies. Um, uh, there was a study in 1974 of garbage collectors, uh, which in the US are sometimes state provided and sometimes um, uh, privately provided. And there was they found no real difference in the cost functions of, of private and public. Um, there was a uh, study released by PSIRU, which said there's looked at lots of different studies and concluded there was no real evidence that the government is less efficient than the private sector in the context of public private partnerships. I So I think I would conclude by saying I don't think I think the jury's out. I, I mean, I think there's there's so we covered some of the reasons to think that governments would be crap at stuff i think some of the arguments for why the private sector might not be great at stuff um are interesting to look at i mean firstly you've got the um the big one i think for me which is marketing now you you really you you can you pay your taxes did you work it out in the end yes so it works you yeah. wanted a snazzy website right. and if you could choose if you could choose which um which website uh, you would use if, if let's say, paying your taxes was was something you where where there was a sort of market for which company you paid your taxes to, you might well go for the one with the snazzy website, without mm. any knowledge of which one was actually better, which one was more likely to send your information to the right person, not cock it up. Well, that's if I have choice. Yeah. Right? So, but what I'm saying is that because we have choice in the private sector. Mm. companies are incentivized to what's known as rent seeking i.e fight over instead of adding value they're fighting over existing value so you know companies spend on average 10 percent of their um of their revenue on marketing and that is nearly all attempting to get market share off someone else that's money that is purely wasted in a kind of you know overall efficiency mm. Um, mm. sense so so there's there's marketing there's um uh, financing, the cost of finance is obviously higher for the private sector than it is for the government who can borrow effectively, you know, zero real interest rates. They can, I mean, you know, borrow uh, the lowest interest rate you can get. Um, there, there are economies of scale as well as inefficiencies of scale, which governments can have. Governments mm. can act as um, monopsonists. In other words, they, they can be a sort of, they can they have a lot of market power. So you said the NHS can drive a hard bargain with pharmaceuticals. The MOD can drive a hard bargain with uh, shipbuilding companies. Um, but, you know, individuals can't. Um, and, and, and I think the key argument uh, for me, actually, which I think underpins a lot of the market failures that we have, is that governments... Um, 
governments are able to have a certain level of expertise when when procuring and delivering services that consumers just can't have i mean you know in terms of what do you need to do to be a good doctor what makes a good mri scanner now you you going in for an mri scan are not going to know that but a government department will have plenty of people who do know what a good mri scanner looks like and and when they're buying one will sort of assure on your behalf that it's going to work so anyway there are all the reasons why 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 the government might be more efficient and as i said i, I think the the answer is we don't really know yeah. Um, look, we, we need to stop fairly soon. There's a couple of things I need to discuss. Um, but before we do, um, is there anything you want to weigh in on, Anna? Um, I was going to ask whether whether you thought if government were to spend more on marketing, making their website function functionality and design prettier, would, would that mean people would perceive the government as more efficient and more... Um, yeah, uh, and better at what it does. Better at what it does. Yeah, I think they looking pretty. Is is that? Yeah, yeah. Is it down well, to that? hold on. Okay, I mean, I did mention that, that I thought the website was ugly, but it's not as so much. I mean, to be honest, it's it's more the functionality of it. You know, it's mm-hmm. just not very user friendly, and they need a you know they need a UX specialist on there. Um, so I mean, and I was, I'm actually interested as to how that website. Um, and it's it's almost more than a website. It's probably about one of the biggest websites I know. I guess apart from stuff like Wikipedia and all the other sort of usual suspects. But um, I mean, I just do, do they. Have have in-house people who are UX designers and, and um, developers, etc., um, who do this stuff, or do they farm it out? Um, and if it's the latter, why is it still so difficult to use? And I, I guess because uh, it just looks like a website that just wants to do everything, and it's meant to be a one-stop shop, and but it's still very difficult to use. But anyway, um, my answer. So I don't know about. Well, I, I go. I just give, I give a really speculative answer, which is yeah. Most of the time, governments do, um, uh, you know, con- contract out. Certainly today, these days, um, uh, they they. They may have had an in-house team at the time when it was first rolled out. And now, of course, you know, you have this leg- legacy system, which is very, very hard to change. Um, and, and you know, the, the, they, are, they aren't allowed to spend public money on things that are unnecessary. So they will have a list of specifications uh, for functionality, by and large, and, mm. and not for, you know, snazzy UX and fading things and pop-up menus and all of those nice things that we're used to. Um, you may consider that an essential for your uh, browsing experience, but in terms of well, it's public money, right? So, do we really want to spend public money on floaty on floaty transparent menus? You know, I feel like being not. demonized here, but um, <laughs> but look, um, I want to move on to because actually, I'm I'm rather convinced actually, but I feel I feel rather guilty actually slacking off the government. Well, I'm, I'm the other way around. I was really hoping to discover that governments really were crap at stuff, but actually, I've really come to the conclusion that they're not bad. Well, that's how I feel. Right, exactly. That's how I feel. So I'm persuaded. Um, I feel rather petulant. Um, but look, I do want to finish off with something, um, which is I've, I've got a question to ask you, which is, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I start I kicked this off by saying there was something I was unhappy about that I thought I was getting a poor service from the government. Right. Um, what can you think of something? an experience of yours where you feel, oh my God, that's where you, where you perceived it in the moment that you were really benefiting. This was something that government or public sector had done really well for you personally. And you were happy about this. Um, do you think, think that's a good question? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So um, when you, cause I've got something, um, but, um, but yeah, who wants to go first, Nick or Anna? 
it's a bit boring i'm afraid no my answer is boring it's boring because i'm british and so uh, i feel I like you're gonna have the same as me go on i feel i've fallen into a the trap of you know i don't i've never used private health care i mean i have dentistry right and it's great my dentist is awesome he's private um mm. but when i went I, I mean several occasions now i've had sort of weird infections and um uh, you, you know, like bits of my, my, my an infected elbow, which was an infected cornea. Like for some reason, I'm vulnerable to them. And uh, every time I've gone in, and you know, when you have a serious problem, you, you all of the all of the bureaucracy disappears, and they're just like, look, you, you go take this to the hospital, take this bit of paper to the hospital, and they'll sort you out. And I, uh, you know, you get treated straight away. You get your you get your antibiotics, and I'm still here. Um, when you look on online, you look at us, you know, you know, when you think you've got uh, cancer cause you've got a sore throat. So you look it up online and, and, um, you know, Americans, uh, you get loads of people saying, Oh, you know, I've got, um, I've got this, uh, four centimeter growth on my eye. Uh, I'm wondering if I should go and see my GP, but you know, it's, I'm worried that it's going to cost me $150 to do that. It's, it's, I really do feel incredibly, uh, lucky now, you know, you, um, a free marketeer which i count myself as would say well yes but you don't know what it would be like it might be equally great if you know that was funded by insurance but but as i said i mean i certainly have no complaints i think i think it's fair to say that what government produces um is uh low cost but it's often slow and that is how i would summarize what you get when you when you ask the government to do something for you yeah um i just think that's quite funny there's something about you and your elbow and i just imagine you turning up with the hospital go oh here he comes again the elbow guy um anna anything for you um i think it would just be a consolidation of information online particularly for 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 british uh, expats uh, and i i have lived abroad in, in germany for many years and i had to use the website of course but i had all the information i needed so i think um I think in that sense, yes, there could be room for improvement on on its design, <laughs> but I think in in hindsight, actually, it's it's a it's a useful resource, and I think it's often underappreciated, particularly yeah, by by other countries who perhaps don't even have the ability to have a, a server to host a website. Um, so we're very fortunate. Agreed. And I think you know, national statistics. It should be something we all forget about the NHS. National statistics is one of the is the best statistics agency in the world, and um, we should all be really proud of it. They're awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's turned into a rather flag waving affair. This isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mustn't. I feel you know. Listen to you just then, Anna. If I was already feeling guilty, I felt even more guilty. And also, you know, and just uh, it just makes me feel a bit ranty, shouty, and you're sort of, yeah. and you're horrible, ungrateful. <laughs> yeah, and your calm, rational sort of explanation of things. But um, but yeah, just say, I think probably for me two things actually. I mean, I'm slightly hesitant to say this because I'm, you know, quite a privileged white middle class male. But the police, I think the British police are pretty good. But um, no, I think the other the one, the big thing is, yeah, the NHS. I mean, I've smashed myself up in my body on several occasions. And I just think the NHS is great. And, and um, you know, just the doctors and nurses, they're, they're just really good at what they do, I think. And, you know, I've got two children. Well, I've got three, but two of them, you know, were born very, very prematurely, like three months early. And and the, the care that they got was just astonishing, you know. 
and I just hope that eventually I'm able to sort of pay all this back in taxes. Um, yeah, that's my thought on this. So, um, anything to add, anyone, before I wrap up? Before we before we pay you in cash in a in a uh, in a brown paper envelope. <laughs> yeah, I think just one point. I know you mentioned about National Office of Statistics, uh, Nick. Um, have you seen the the coronavirus stats on on the government website? Yeah, so they actually have all the the, the details there. Which, in fact, they which have are... and they have a very swish dashboard, which is they dynamic do. and yeah. yeah, awesome. Okay, um, we'll stop there. If you've got any comments on the show, please drop us a line. We want to hear from you. We're, you can contact us at podcast at um, especially if you've got suggestions for topics. Let us know. Um, and if you've uh, enjoyed listening to this podcast, please leave a review wherever you get your podcast from. It helps others to find us. Thank you as always for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Nick Hare and Anna Pearson of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>